are here with Bryn Tillman. She is known as the LinkedIn Whisperer, and she is here to talk to us today about the power of LinkedIn. Hi, Bryn. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me, Brian and Nicolette. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you guys. Absolutely. Bryn, before we get started and dive into the real fun LinkedIn stuff, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to you know, LinkedIn sales training? Ah, thanks. Well, you know, I started my journey working in an inbound call center for, for Dun & Bradstreet. Uh, and I, I loved the work. At times it got a little bit boring. So I started asking lots of questions to a lot of uh, my inbound callers and ended up really cross-selling, upselling, solution selling. Uh, and I was caught on tape. So, you know, I ended up being kind of nurtured and brought in to become a sales trainer, helping them at a pretty young age convert an entire call center into really a solution selling center. Um, so I fell in love with sales pretty quickly. Uh, the one thing I didn't love in sales was cold calling, but I loved client referrals. And I remember sitting across from a client when I made it to the field in sales, and I was kind of balancing sales and the sales training together. Uh, sitting across from a client staring at his overflowing Rolodex, thinking if I could get my hands on that for 20 minutes, I could identify who he knew that I wanted to meet, ask for introductions, and I wouldn't have to cold call anymore. But in 1992, it wasn't politically correct to say, hey, Mr. Client, can I thumb through your address? <laughs> right. Unless you were like, you know, sneaking it into your uh, briefcase. <laughs> right. Which, like, which I'm sure occurred to me at that time. <laughs> um, but, but we have this now with LinkedIn. We have this online Rolodex where we can search and filter our connections, connections to see exactly who it is that they know and leverage that to get warm introductions or permission to name drop. So when I saw LinkedIn, and now I'm going on, oh my gosh, 12 years of teaching it, uh, I recognized it solved the cold calling problem. And it even solved the client referral problem, which was, hey, Mr. Client, I'm so glad we've been able to help you solve for X. Who do you know that I could do the same thing for? And then go, oh, I don't know. I can't think of anyone right now. Someone <laughs> should ask, right? It solves that problem. And so by leveraging this tool, so, so I guess where's my journey? How did I end up here? I ended up here because it made sales so much more fun and effective. That's awesome. But Bryn, you mentioned right when you started talking about that journey about asking uh, people on the phone right back in the 90s, and this is on your LinkedIn profile as well, you know, um, kind of why they were buying the products that they were buying, right? Okay. And I'm sure you've done that along the line, you know, across the board over, over the course of your career. So our question is, what have you learned from asking that question? What, what has been like the key points that you've taken away from client responses? Yeah, so that's a great question um, to ask questions. Here's the thing is, if you don't know why your, pro why your prospect is even exploring your solution, if you don't understand the underlying need, desire, uh, fear uh, of their buying decisions, then you can't be an effective solution seller, right? You can't effectively provide what your prospects and clients need uh, if you don't understand their why. And so, you know, I started by asking, in this case, they were ordering business information reports on companies they were selling to. So they were making credit decisions. And so I would ask the question, out of boredom, by the way, it was not, I did not start asking these questions 
because I really um, had a, an intent to sell them. Mm -hmm. It was, I wanted to start a conversation. I didn't want to be an order taker, just an order taker. And I was right out of college. So, you know, we all had those jobs, but I would say, so, you know, it says I'm pulling up their account, you know, what kind of credit decision are you making? And actually I had one caller that was so excited, just sold a huge deal, little company, huge deal to Macy's. And I remember looking at a report she didn't, because I had access to all the information, looking at a report that she wasn't purchasing that was called a payment analysis. So I could see the trends of how they paid their, their people. And she was in the um, apparel business and I could see they paid them 120 days or later. That was their trend. Right. So now I'm looking and I had some training around credit reports and I had said to her, how important is it to you to get paid on time? And she goes, oh God, we would go bankrupt if we didn't get paid on this deal. So I said, there's this $50 report, I forget how much it was, you know, payment analysis report that will show you kind of what you can expect, how you can expect to get paid. Well, fast forward six months as she bought it, six months later, the manager, the, the regional manager walks down, looks at me in my cubicle, eye contact, because I was always standing up in my cubicle and I eye contact, walks into my manager's office and I'm like, I'm done, I'm fired. I don't know what they did, this is bad, right? Like, I don't know. Anyway, they call me in and they're like, I, we just want to let you know you saved this woman's business. She took this report and got a bridge loan at a bank based on the payment and the contract. And here's a letter that she sent us saying that um, it, had you not offered that, she would have gone under. So that was a moment, a pivotal moment in my career where I recognized we're not in sales. We are in problem solving, mm -hmm. right? We are in a position to help people either avoid risk or get gain, right? Like, and it is our responsibility to make sure that we're doing it from their motives and what they need. And so back to your question is, why do I ask, why are you making this decision? Is we can't offer the right products and services and solutions and deliverables if we don't know why. Do some well, people not understand why? Are there people who don't know why they're making the decisions that they're making? Potentially, I mean, if they're shoppers, right? So there's lots of different buyer persona inside of an organization, right? You have the person that holds the wallet. You have, you know, potentially the person who's that that is identified in solving a problem, and then you might have someone that's gone to market to vet, and they don't have the underlying why. Mm -hmm. But I think if you ask enough questions and you say, you know, you're asking me to quote you on something that I don't even know I'm offering you the right thing. If you don't know the why offhand, let's get on a call with the person that does. Because nobody's gonna spend money without a why. Someone has a why. Right. No oh. one's like, hey, we've got extra money. Where should we put it? <laughs> you know, they just don't. I mean, potentially, yeah, I say that, but I get a lot of sales at the end of the year because they have budget to spend. So I, I kind of take that back a little bit, but they still have to decide on what they're going to spend it on. Right. You still want to spend it wisely, right? right. Whether it's extra budget or not, you, you need to make smart choices. We, we, we talk about that all the time with, with companies also where you still need to make smart, efficient choices for your budget. Yeah. You know? 
Absolutely. Yeah. So Brent, let's, let's uh, talk more about LinkedIn. Um, you know, you're training folks on the platform, you know, how to navigate. What is the first thing you try to accomplish with new clients? I love that question. I think the first thing that we try to accomplish is a mindset. You know, how are you, first of all, what's your why? Why are you on LinkedIn? What do you want to gain from it? What is your goal? What does success look like for you? And what is your current philosophy in business development and sales? Because we should align that as much as possible. But the mindset really is uh, getting them to see LinkedIn as any other potential networking or sales opportunity. One of the mistakes people make is to connect and pitch. It'll kill you, especially now, because I, I don't know about you, but I get 10 a day, Yeah. Yep. right? And, and so there has to be a mindset of, I'm willing to invest the time to get to know people, to be a resource, to bring value, mm -hmm. um, and to, to hold back the need to pitch. And so, it, especially if they're gonna work with us, and there, by the way, are tons of companies that teach cold calling on LinkedIn. We don't. We teach relationship building, we teach warm referrals, we teach nurturing, we teach being that resource, the sales will come when the time is right. Um, and, and so it's, it's the mindset of being patient and treating them as if they are a human being that you met in person because they are on the other side of that profile, they're people. And so we need to treat them that way. It's not just a bought list of emails that we're mass sending out, hoping and praying someone responds. Um, it, 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 in my mind, that's the first thing is we've got to make sure that they completely understand how to use it from a philosophical perspective and how to align it with their goals. Do you think a lot of people still sort of just view it as like, it's a social platform, right? They're not really viewing it as like a sales tool or an, a real networking tool. It's just a social platform. So yes, and LinkedIn definitely does their best to make that happen. Um, the release of stories, for example, where you know, the first three stories I watched where people pouring coffee and TikTok like things, right? So, <laughs> you know what's crazy? I've seen a lot of people actually putting their TikTok videos on LinkedIn recently. That is an interesting one. Yeah. So, I would love, and and I'm using stories, hopefully from a more educational and insights perspective. And I'd love to see people leveraging. Uh, it's a wonderful feature used right. And I think it just becomes another social platform used wrong. Um, now, we're not just using LinkedIn for networking or for sales. People use it for recruiting, for finding jobs, uh, to, to, be, to show up as a thought leader. Um, you know, uh, there's a plethora of reasons that people are using LinkedIn. I think they really need to define what that is. I think they really need um, where you can show up on Instagram, where you can show up on Facebook without a defined reason. I think on LinkedIn, it is a business platform. And I think you need to know your why. Why are you here? What do you want to get out of it? What does success on this platform look like? That makes sense. 
You know, there's something I was thinking about. I didn't actually include it in our in our prep. Um, I was thinking about following, right? Because you mentioned connect and pitch, right? And you have a lot of followers on LinkedIn. Now, are, are people kind of um, maybe inclined to just connect with a lot of people because they want a large following? And I mean, what's the strategy there to not just connecting to anyone, but still building that following? Yeah, a uh, really good question. Um, there are three types of people, first of all, and then we'll get to the fun, but there's three types of connectors. There's the LinkedIn open networker, right? Which is someone who goes into that business card networking exchange, net networking meeting with a whole bunch load of cards with the goal of to collect cards, right? So they go in, I go, hi, I'm Bryn, thanks for your card. Hi, I'm Bryn, thanks for your card, right? And there's no conversations. And to me, that's like, I just connect with everybody. <laughs> Then there's the purist. So that's someone that walks into a networking meeting and sees their coworker at the crab dip, right? And makes a beeline for them and just talks to them the whole time and they don't meet anyone new. They could have just gone to lunch. <laughs> you know, like you didn't, we're here for networking. You just bought some crab dip, you know? <laughs> so, so I believe the best philosophy, most effective philosophy is to be an, a networker you don't necessarily want a conversation with everyone in the room, but if you had someone say, yeah, that person is a CEO and that person, and you go, okay, yeah, that's someone I want to talk to, which we can vet on LinkedIn. We can take a look and see who they are. We can have a little bit more of a choosy um, network. However, that said, I believe generally we should not ignore anyone. It doesn't mean we have to accept them, but we shouldn't ignore them. So if they connect, if they send us a connection request, they're a follower now, whether we connect or not, they're following us. Now I might look at them and say, I don't see the connection. They're, you know, from a, a country that I don't typically work in and an industry that I don't typically work with, but we have seven shared connections, which, so I don't know, I'm on the fence. I don't know how to handle this. You can actually reply to them. You don't have to accept or ignore. There is a third option. So I can send a reply and say, Brian, thank you so much for your connection request. Typically I only connect with people I know. May I ask how you found me? Mm -hmm. And then I hit ignore. And if you <laughs> reply, right? But if you reply, um, you know, Nicolette mentioned you in a meeting we were in and I thought, oh, oh, oh now I got to connect with Brian because Nicolette said, right? Like, so I'm, and so we're not, we're not, it's not like someone walked up to a student in the meeting, hands us a business card and we turned our back to them and walked away. Mm -hmm. We're having a conversation. I may not say, Hey, let's go out for coffee yet, but I'll at least start the conversation. And so I think it's really important that we're not ignoring. And there are some people that I ignore, like when I'm their second connection and they're in Australia, mm -hmm. I'm like, how did I become your second connection? <laughs> There's something up with this, right? So I will, the, nowadays I'll ignore some of those folks. Um, but generally I will send a, a reply message, may I ask how you found me? Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, what's, uh, you know, what prompted you to connect with me? Uh, and that starts the conversation. And nine times out of 10, I get nothing back because they were bots that were <laughs> connecting unfortunately. But the one that does uh, respond, I want to connect with. Right. 
So, so oh, would you say that, I'm sorry, just really quick. I want to piggyback on that. Would you say that a viable answer then for a viable response for that person that you asked, how, how, how did you find me would be that they were, um, maybe they were looking for more information about LinkedIn and, and learning and navigating LinkedIn, you know, not that they wanted to work with you per se, but they just, you know, really enjoyed the stuff you were putting out there and wanted to awesome. dive deeper, you know, I mean, not that, I mean, potentially maybe eventually they want to sell you something, but I mean, in the meantime, they're, they just really want to get deeper, connect, deeper, deeply more yeah. deep connected with you. Yeah, and, and I'm fine if eventually if I'm a prospect. Like I bought from people because they reached out to me, mm -hmm. not because they pitched, because they provided <laughs> so much value. Right. And then I, I, and I go, boy, that's really good. So I, like I, a copywriter, for example, um, connected with me and it was six months before I needed a copywriter, but I kept seeing his stuff and it was intriguing and interesting. And so he's the one that I reached out to first, mm -hmm. right? And, and so, you know, from the, uh, from the other perspective, and he did a great job of just creating interest and providing value so that, and I didn't even shop. I didn't even go to anyone else. So how, that's an interesting, you know, from the buyer perspective, that was it. He, yeah. he already proved himself. He came right. in with high, high level of credibility. Yeah, you, you get to see some of their expertise by what they're putting out there professionally on LinkedIn itself, you know? So I have a question. We have a joke about LinkedIn stalkers. You know how LinkedIn's like one of the one of the best networks where you could see actually who's looked at your profile? So how would so how do you handle that, right? You see these people and sometimes they're repetitive, you know, it's the same people or same companies over and over again that are looking at your profile. How do you handle that in terms of like, I have fun with these you do profile. So I, there are a few things. If you see the same company over and over again, you know, you're high on their list for being prospected. Right. Mm -hmm. So I actually might reach out and say, um, hey, Brian, I noticed you and Nicolette and Fred and Jane are looking at my profile. I must be a big prospect for you. Um, <laughs> if, you, you know, if you have a particular question, don't hesitate to reach out. And, like they're thrown, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could say I'm either a prospect for you or you're looking for some help with your X, Y, and Z. I'm happy to connect and have a conversation either way. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, hey, it's one or the other. It's one or the other. So I'm either your prospect or you're mine. Either way, I'd be happy to jump on a call. Mm -hmm. That's a really good solution because we joke around about it a lot, you know, because you see these repetitive companies and these repetitive individuals. So that's actually a really good way to handle it. What about them. competitors though, Bryn? I love competitors. So here's here's a and I don't know that this is a fact, but I think it could be. I have a membership program, right? That's $29 a month and we have group coaching calls. Mm -hmm. And about 20% of the people in my coaching are my competitors. <laughs> so I am a huge believer that high tide rises all boats. Yes. There is enough business for everyone. I am a ha happy collaborative competitor. Um, and, you know, I... I you know, I do complimentary webinars that are fabulous that upsell into a $29 a month program and some other training. And I will say, I know I've got a ton of competitors on here. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. I'm happy, right? And, and I'll have them come in to a group coaching and go, we have a client that's challenged in getting da -da -da. What do you recommend? And here's the fun thing is my competitors who are part of the group coaching will say, I have an idea. Can I share? 
So yeah. all of my clients get their uh, get get so the not just our fabulous advice, but the great advice of our competitors. Mm -hmm. And some of our competitors have gotten business from our group, and I'm thrilled. Mm -hmm. Like because I, I just believe when one of us does well, we all you know we can all do well. So generally I'm like embrace your competitors someday they'll either be your boss or you'll be theirs or you'll have a, a job that you can't do and you need to collaborate with someone you just don't know yeah no so, we yeah yeah we actually we actually find this has happened to us quite a few times where they actually come to us eventually and say hey we need you to help us fix x <laughs> you know so they're looking for your expertise sometimes which is to your point yeah, there's enough business for everyone. No matter what anyone thinks of whatever you think the economy is, you know, unless um, you know you're you're in a business that's totally shut down right now, which there are some, and I feel terrible. But there's a lot of business happening, a lot of business happening, and there are some companies that had to make a little pivot, right? So uh, whatever that pivot is, uh, the ones that did are thriving. That's true. Oh, it's yeah. true. All right. So I, I was going to ask you about a LinkedIn secret, right? Do you have a LinkedIn secret that you wish everybody knew about the platform? If it was a secret. <laughs> so LinkedIn. So I think I, 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 I don't want to sound like I'm beating a, a dead horse, which is a terrible saying. So I don't know why I just said that. Um, <laughs> that's, a that's the first time. Like I said it, I'm like, I don't think I like that saying. Yeah, the, the visual doesn't. <laughs> the yeah. visual was just yeah. not good. Um, I, I, the magic is the Rolodex of our connections, period, end of story. There is nothing else in the world that, that gives us that insight and the ability. So it's really about making sure you connect with every one of your clients, all of the influencers inside of your clients' uh, companies, anyone that you've provided value and, and start to leverage those relationships for introductions and permission to name drop. It's not that it's a secret. It's just totally and absolutely underutilized uh, by everyone, including me. Like I know how to do it. And every once in a while I'm like, you know, uh, and, and I'm very fortunate that I have a, a strong pipeline and a lot has become inbound because I've been doing this for so long. But, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I have a client that just put in a recommendation that I helped her close a $1.5 million deal using my stuff. And, and, and this was in June and I still have not mined her connections to ask for introductions, right? And, and I saw that this morning because a message came over. I'm like, I need, and I do practice what I preach, but mm -hmm. you know, we are absolutely across the board, 100% underutilizing the ability to get client referrals proactively. And so that's the one thing that I would say over and over and over and over again is the power of LinkedIn like that. I think another thing maybe that's underutilized, which is going to segue nicely into my question about commenting, is uh, is commenting and engaging with other people. You know, I'm guilty of, I think I'm guilty of, of pressing that like button and not actually engaging. You know, I like it. I'm, my mind is tired. I, I could probably, you know, say something, but I'm tired. So, you know, but I see the way that you comment and you engage, you know, with, with people and it's really valuable. You know, what, Thank you. is there a strategy there? So there, yes, then there's a, a, a entire courses on this, right? But so, so big picture, 
um, you have to make sure you're following the right people. You have to make sure that the content that you're engaging with is either content that your prospects are engaging on or your referral partners are engaging on, right? So you have to be strategic. You can't just go through your newsfeed and engage. The key, there's a couple of things. Number one, make sure the content you're engaging on is attracting your prospects or your referral partners. So it's huge, right? Like they're, they're the magnet for you. That author of the post is the magnet for you. And they're, they're curating people for you to engage with. So, so it's not just the author you're engaging with, but it's their network. Number two, make sure that they are totally comfortable with you engaging with all of their people. So connect with the author. I love your content. Um, I, I find it to be absolutely you know, fabulous. I just want to make sure that you're okay that I'm engaging with all of your, um, <laughs> the people that are commenting. Ask that permission. Otherwise, they're going to feel like they're, you're immediately poaching their people. But with permission, they're like, oh, wow. they want those comments. So they want that to happen. Okay. So now that we've done that, we want, I look at, at almost all of my thoughtful comments become my own content later. So that's how I look at it. So there are a few people in my network that help to inspire great content for me. Fred Diamond at IES um, puts out almost every single day, quick question. And I answer his question every day. But I look at answering that question as if this is going to be a LinkedIn story or a post that I'm going to use later on. So it's not just great. It's like people. a writing prompt almost. It's a writing prompt. Yeah. That's exact. That's perfect. I'm going to use that. It's a, so the content should be your writing prompt. So there are definitely things I just like um, occasionally. I'll, and, and sometimes it's because it's a prospect's content that I want to be on their radar but it's, you know, I'm not investing a ton of time, but here's, here's the thing. I have very specific people I follow and I can name a lot of them because they're amazing. Um, and I know, first of all, I have, I have formed a relationship over time with the authors. Um, they are attracting, most of them are in the sales training world. Mm -hmm. I, I am not a competitor to them because I train LinkedIn for sales. So I found, so the authors are referral opportunities, both ways, by the way, referral opportunities where the engagers are all prospects for them and for me. Now you may argue we're, you know, selling for this to the same wallet, right? So there might be money competition, but we're just providing value both ways. And I'm bringing my network to them as well by engaging on their mm -hmm. content. Absolutely. Um, so, so I actually, bookmark. I have about 20 people that I've bookmarked. So I'm like, okay, it's time to engage. I, in, in one click, I can open up every single one, all 20 of those people at their post, right? So if you go to someone's LinkedIn profile and click on activities and click on posts, there's a URL that's specific to that. I bookmark their URL, or you can drag and drop it into a desktop folder. If you go into the desktop folder and you do control A, right? I've now opened everything, right click, open in Chrome. Every single one of those pages, all 20 will open up in a tab. So I can go in methodically and go, okay, so what did Fred do today? What did Larry do today? What did Alice do today? What did Meredith do today? And I can engage on purpose. 
I like that. There's a lot there that you just said that I never even thought about. And, you know, I want to go back to asking for permission because that to me, I mean, because I always thought, well, it's open season, right? I mean, but what, I mean, are there, I never thought about that. They might take it like you're kind of harassing their, you know, their network. That is a really interesting point. Yeah. So on that same point, oh, sorry, Bryn, were you yeah. guys? No, I mean, I don't do that with everyone, but when I, you know, the 20 people or so that I, like, La, like Larry Levine selling from the heart, I engage on almost everything he does for lots of reasons. It's also phenomenal content, right? So I want my network to see that. But if he would think I'm stalking him if we didn't have the conversation. Right. Right. And he would fall in that LinkedIn stalker. He would be a Lydia. <laughs> but like, like public stalker, like right, flasher, right? Right? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so having the conversation, like, you know, and, you know, and, and often it will become, um, you know, I'm happy to engage on your content. It's really great. You're welcome to engage on mine. And now we start to cross pollinate. Right. So I have, I have a question. So what about those people who just randomly tag people in comments in their posts over and over again? You can untag yourself. Well, I know, I know that, but, but it, it, like, is there a strategy behind that? Is that an effective strategy? I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I tag my coworkers, right? So <laughs> Bill and Bob and Sally Joe get tagged and everything. <laughs> right. But the, the, like they're my team, right? So, yeah. so is there a strategy? So uh, I would, Fred Diamond now, who uh -huh. has incredible content, tags me in everything and I'm fine because I'm bought in. Right. Right. The problem is this becomes, in my opinion, um, a permission thing. Mm -hmm. Again, right? Like you should ask permission or know your audience and make sure they're comfortable with it. Um, I'm, I, I'm typically okay with it, but I really, if, if, if they ask me, I'm happier. Right. Um, if they just, there are some people that have bad content that are tagging me, like, like bad content. And <laughs> I, I just go in and untag myself and I'll send them a message saying, you know, I appreciate you thinking of me. I'm pretty picky at the content that I get tagged in. Um, if, you know, it, it, in the future, I'd appreciate if you send it to me first and I'll let you know if it aligns with my brand. Oh, I like that. I like that too. I like that. Well, I'm going to, um, what well, we're going to tag you in this post when we, permission. and we'll know if she thinks it's crap when she untags herself. Or <laughs> and we'll know it's crap. <laughs> yeah. It's my own crap that I keep hearing in my head over. Like I got to hear this one more time. Uh, yeah. So, you know, another, um, I have another question about something that you were talking about recently about getting yourself on podcasts. Mm. I wanna, you know, it's timely. I know the stories were timely, but I'm kind of over stories by now. So I, I, I just want to, <laughs> I want to talk about something different. You're a week old, but okay. I'm really, I'm over it. <laughs> uh, so, you know, what is the strategy? Cause I'm, I'm thinking of it, you know, from Brian, from our perspective and um, you know, we're always looking for awesome humans to come mm -hmm. on the show and share some education and, and, you know, we would encourage people to, you know, come to us and be like, hey, you know, I'm working on this. But a lot of people won't do that. You know, um, we have we work with a lot of PR agencies that bring us bring us folks, which is great. Mm -hmm. But what is it that we're saying to those people who maybe want the exposure, um, but 
but they don't know how to approach that. And I'm sure there aren't people who are as awesome as us who want everyone, all great humans, right? <laughs> um, you know, what, what does that strategy look like? So uh, from the podcaster or from the, in, the from, interviewee? From the interviewee. Yeah. So, so first find podcasts that align with you, right? So I'm, I'm an obsessive podcast listener. Um, I, 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 I used to do books on audio um, and now I just don't have time for them because there's so many great podcasts to listen to. Um, so find the ones that align with you, listen to them, really make sure that it's um, something that you feel would align with your story and that you could bring value to their audience. Once you've identified that, you can easily, you look up uh, in, the, in Apple, whatever, you'll see the name obviously of the people. You can find them on LinkedIn pretty easily. And then I would reach out to them and go, you know, I've been listening to your podcast for the last few weeks. My favorite one so far was your interview with ABC guy or what, what, what gratitude guy. Is that what the gratitude? Gratitude dude. Yeah, gratitude dude. Oh, that, that's much better. Isn't it? It's much better. Gratitude dude, right? So really enjoyed that. One of my takeaways was this. Um, I've been a guest on some podcasts. I'm not sure what your criteria is, but I'd love to throw my hat in the ring. If you're looking for, uh, for folks, you know, here's a, a 15 minute link to set up a time to vet me out if you're open. Um, or I invite you to look at my profile in my featured section are six podcasts I've recently been on. I invite you to vet me, right? Like don't ever assume, but just say, you know, if you're, if you're open to exploring, if I could be a good match, I'd be honored. That seems simple enough. Yeah. Seems simple enough. And it's so easy. And you would love it if people did that. We encourage everyone, please. So um so so go put out a poll that says, Do you believe that you would be a good podcast guest? Yes, no, I'm not sure. And then say, and and please, if you answer yes, tell us why in comments. And you will get hundreds and hundreds of responses. There you go. I think we're going to try it. I think we will. <laughs> and then you can get that poll in the inbox of specific people, mm -hmm. right? So if you're like, oh, I really want Alice Hyman on my, my podcast. I'm not sure how to get her. Connect with her and send her. I would love you to answer this poll. Mm -hmm. And she's going to answer the poll and say, yeah, I'd make a great guest. Okay. <laughs> that sounds awesome. So creative, Brian. What else you got for Bryn? I, I think that's. I think that's it. Uh, you know, I think, I think that's it right now. I mean, I could probably think of a million things if we sat here. A lot today, Bryn. You really did. Yeah. You know, sometimes I, I, we we come on and we're like, okay, what what new can we learn today about LinkedIn? You know, I feel like everything is like beating a dead horse. Sorry, but you know, and and this was a really really eye opening conversation. Thank you so much for sharing this. Oh, I'm so glad. That makes me happy. The one thing I also picked up here, um, if someone sends you an invite, they're a follower, even if you don't accept the, their connection request. I had no idea. That was new. That I, was, I did not know that either. I did not. Do you know, Brian and I have had conversations like, why do we have more followers? Is it because people are following us and not connecting with us? Like there have been so many times that we've had that conversation and we can't figure it out. That's a piece of it, I'm sure. Wow. Yeah. But there might be some people. So when they view your, your content, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. You see there's like a little kind of thumbnail of you on the left-hand side. There's a follow button there too, not a connect button. Mm -hmm. So that drives a lot of followers. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Learn something new. That is why we have awesome humans on here to educate. Yes. And we love, we love people like yourself who share, you know, share yeah. knowledge, you know. So where, speaking about that, where else can people find more information about what you're doing? Yeah. So socialsaleslink.com is, you know, we've got lots of stuff going on there. We have complimentary webinars all the time. Go to linkedinwebinar.com and you'll see whatever the latest one is. Our next one is soon. Um, it's always soon because we're always having them. Um, and uh, I'm still the only Bryn Tillman on LinkedIn. So follow me there. Uh, and if you want to connect with me, make sure you put in a note so I know where you found me. And you have a better shot at uh, me not sending you uh, a new account who dis right now. Like like, <laughs> um, but you, you know, let, let me know because I am selective now, particularly since I'm, I've got a lot of folks. So if you tell me you, you heard this podcast or saw the little video clips or whatever that is, I will accept you. <laughs> awesome. Thank, thank you so thank much. Thank you Bryn. so much, Bryn. Oh, my pleasure. Great to, to talk with you guys today. It was a lot of fun.